Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Tea Time with I, your host, you know, Takashi Sasaki. In today's episode, we have a very, very thoughtful discussion going on with me and some other people. You know, Anzu, say hello. Hello. No, it's not anyone else in the room, realistically, but we'll just pretend there is. Such as we have a third, you know, in this case, protagonist, third character, dare I say. Can I do a voice for that person right off the top of my head? No, not really, because the idea's there, and it's generally popping into my head. Maybe someone like this, you know, that's like a short midget, or an elf, or an aggro elf midget. I don't know why, but it's something that can be done. Now, going along with that, these are voices that I'm capable of doing, and my vocal range is not the best by all means. <laughs> it is not. Now, this is over years and years of studying. I have what some would look at as a, not so much of a disease, but a, a very bad so much of a, uh, a very bad mental issue. And that's not to say that me talking to myself is the mental issue, it's me having ADHD. So that being said, that ADHD has, you know, helped to broaden my horizon in so many ways. Now, combating with it and battling with it does come from many different recent things that, you know, I have to tie in and play along with, as which it is out of procrastination. I have to learn how to go along with it. I have to learn how to bounce back and forth between those set things. Now, ladies and gentlemen, going along with that segue into what is this episode of Tea Time with you know, what is it that I am talking about in general? You are a crazed madman! I dare say we should send you to Parliament! The king and queen shall have your head cut off. Talking to yourself, what is wrong with thou? You are a crazed alone lunatic. Okay, now ladies and gentlemen, it is not that I am a deranged crazed lunatic. It's called a coping mechanism that we didn't realize back then was a coping mechanism. Now, if there's somebody like in public that's like, you know, legitimately like doing those said voices, I say said voices, or like actually talking to themselves in person, like, you know, first and third person, in public, then I would I would legitimately go go pat them on the back, ask them what's wrong. But no, if you're by yourself, and this is what this all comes down to, it comes down to being able to do voices, uh, being a paid schizophrenic, I guess you could say. Uh, but like that's not even what I'm getting at. But when it comes down to it, it's the capability of the human mind, the capability of the human body. And it's not that no one's realistically going crazy, it's that do you yourself have someone that you can go to at the end of the day and say, hey, this is a bad thing that's been bothering me, I'd like to talk to you about it. Is it that you can, or is it that you can't because you're scared that they might look at you and be like, ah, well, you know, you'll just have to deal with it, or, well, you're going through that much problems? Like, you should think about what I'm doing right now. Like, you you know, like this and that. And it's not that we, as humans, or Americans, or, you know, you know, Canadians, or that of people that live in different other countries, it's not that we, as the population of the human race, cannot cope with things by ourselves, or that we need people. It's not that, you know, we don't want to deal with other people's problems, it's that we don't know how to do it. And, and this is what I'm getting down into this discussion right now. It's that not that we don't want to help no one else, not that we hate the other sex, or that we hate the other person beside us, or the next person from like 15 million kilometers, million and quintillions of miles away. It's not that we don't like them. It's that we don't understand their feelings. 
And we tend to put ourselves before others. We tend to forget that there's such a thing called empathy. We forget that sympathy as well is even a thing. That caring is what we humans can do. We forget that we have that. Because we get stuck into a fight or flight situation because that's what we're doing in our day-to-day -day lives. We're going to work. We're taking care of kids. We're, you know, setting up, you know, trying to figure out what am I going to do with my life today. We have studies. We have college. We have high school. We have homework. We have work in general. Male or female, it does not matter. We, as humans, put intend to always put ourselves before others because it's what we have always done because we have always in general have been used to being a lone wolf and we cannot at all stand the fact of wanting to be that lone wolf because we've also have gotten so used to being around many others which is why taking a ground or taking a phone from a child and grounding them you know tends to relatively freak them out a little bit. You're thinking to yourself, well, when my console was taken away when I was younger, I didn't freak out that way. Well, it's not that, you know, that's the case, because you had buddies that you could go hang out with. We're in a society today, and I'm not talking about with just a lockdown, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking about a society where, you know, drugs completely overrun the streets, and you have people that are doing constant riots. Well, it doesn't matter what time or decade it is, but what I'm kidding at is that it's happening now and it's it's been happening happening at least through our generation of from the 20s you know tens up to now and it's something that we have to look at it's something that we have to try to fix but we have problems doing that ladies and gentlemen we have different things that go about this and we tend to look at people in different ways we always and we'll always put ourselves before others. It doesn't matter whom you are. It's an accidental mistake, dare I say, that we humans do because we forget about compassion. We we honestly do. We forget about feeling other feelings other than what we are thinking about doing. We forget that we humans even think. We we think that we know, but do we know honestly, ladies and gentlemen, do we look at ourselves in the mirror at night or during the day and look at ourselves and say, you know what, I know, I know for a fact that I can think. So I'm going to think and I'm going to process everything in today's society, in today's life. Do we do that? No, we don't. We realistically don't. We we get up and we go about our day like a mindless zombie working a 9 to 5 job. Or, heck, even that of people that, you know, shoot movies and whatnot might not have a 9 to 5 job. They can wake up whenever they want to, but they can't because they have to wake up to the constant fear of being canceled in this case. Or people looking at them and saying, oh, well, they done this, they done that, they, they molested this person, or they hit this woman. And, you know, we don't want that because none of us want people to look at us in a bad way. And that's what it comes down to, is coping. A child, at a very young age, you take something from them, at least in today's generation, they can't go to a friend's house and be like, hey, what are you doing today on your Xbox or your console? Or, hey, what are you doing on your Twitter feed? You can't, they can't do that. And that's the escape of reality, is that they're using that phone as a sense to step into a reality, which is the outside world, because they have the news. They have everything at their fingertips with the media. Any questions that they want to, be thankful that they can go and ask, you know, the internet 
what a rim job is, but at the same time, be very scared and weary. Do not be afraid to take that phone and to, you know, make sure that the search results are not nothing bad. What I'm saying is that we, we all should be thankful, but be wary at the same time. Be thankful that we don't have to discuss those things with our children because they tend to bother us in some way for whatever reason, but yet we don't have to tell them completely now. We have a different source. We all learn, but we are learning progressively at a faster rate than what we are. And there's a tendency to be that we learn too much. And is it a bad thing? At times, yes. We can be too smart for our, our own good. So that's why I say, do not be wary of taking the phone from the child and looking at the search results in the history, because that's fine. What I'm getting at, though, ladies and gentlemen, is coping. And it's what I'm realistically originally talking about right now. Most of the other subjects that I'm talking about or have mentioned are for different episodes later, different subjects that I can carry along into and with different segues and have different other discussions which branch out like a family tree. Coping. C-O-P-E-I-N-G. Do I know that I spelled it right? No. But the point being though, coping though within a general retrospect what is it? It's, it's an innate instinct that we use to help with a problem. I go by the philosophical belief of sucking it up, that things happen, we live, let, die. But people will normally look at me and be like, well, no, 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 no. If you suck it up, if you bottle up your feelings, it'll depress you. It'll either that or you'll be hurt mentally, subconsciously, and physically, you will be oppressed, you will not be able to get up out of bed. Not everyone's like that. Everyone has a different way of coping. And I, like I said, go by sucking it up because things happen and we do. We live. We live our daily lives while we let others die because it's life. We let a family member die. We, you know, either we go to a funeral, God bless them. Or either, you know, we look at that person like Yamaste and we go about our day. Different religions, different ways of letting the dead, dead pass on to either the next life or into that of the hands of, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. We all have different ways of coping with our problems. We live our daily lives. So therefore, we let die. We don't let those deaths hinder us about our living lives. We Accept that they're dead. We accept that they're gone. We rejoice when a child is born into a world, but yet we cry when a dead is gone. I believe it should be the other way around. We have it backwards, ladies and gentlemen. We should cry that a child's in the world. A world that is throughout nothing more than sin and mundane monotony and idiocracy. Political ideologies, ladies and gentlemen, that we have been used to being forced upon giving or either forced to take. Rejoice that the people that come and that have came into the world have come and passed, that they're out of the world, they have to deal with no more anger, no more stress. But we look at things and a different aspect of life. Coping. How do we cope? By sucking it up and dealing with your problems head on. Is it really dealing with your problems? Or is it really sucking it up? It's both. 
You bottle up those feelings. What I personally do myself is I bottle up everything. I bottle up all my emotions throughout the few months and the days on end. And when there's people that come to me and they say, Hey, you can't do this. Why are you telling people you're able to play more than one instrument? I've not seen you play an instrument in a day of your life. Or they come up to you, they begin to, you know, say rude and awful things about how you dress, or what are you doing? Why are you dressing that way? You can't do that. I end in the tendency and out of an innate instinct. I do a mix of fight and flight. I look at that said person, I'm throwing my hands up, I'm like, yeah, you're right, I shouldn't. Yeah, I might be stupid, you're right, I am. Yeah, you're right, I can't play no instrument. I'm not able to, you're right. But, but... Ladies and gentlemen, I don't feed into their mundane ideology and uh, mundane opinion like most would think. I walk away from it. I flight out of the, you know, subject. But as I do that, I have those feelings that I have had bottled up for many days. So what I end up doing is I take with music, I take with art, I take with, you know, YouTube in general and the idea of being able to make a video in general or edit that said video and then coding, you know, games and so forth or writing in a story, writing a story in general. I take these things and I do it. The most two things that I can show credit for the most is drawing, music, and then videos. And then what is it that I do, ladies and gentlemen? I... They do it in a sly and cutting way. I walk up to the person who's like, Hey, you remember when you said I couldn't do this? I'm like, they're like, yeah, yeah, why? Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, you still can't do it. I know for a fact you can't. Well, watch this. And then I rub it in that of their face. I end up proving them wrong and I laugh at them. Either you can go through life and bottle up your feelings constantly and then let it all spew out at once and then have the last laugh or laugh in certain points of life. Trying is all you can do. So just try your best. But at the same time, at the same time, cope. Deal with something in your own way. Medication helps somewhat, sometimes. Alcohol helps somewhat, sometimes. Marijuana helps somewhat. Sometimes sleeping helps somewhat. Sometimes there's there's a there's a tendency that we have here. We we love patterns. We love to repeat things. As math can show, we love even numbers. We love odd numbers. Either way, there's a pattern with odd numbers. From 1, 3, 5, 2, 2, 4, and 6. There's a constant pattern. Odd, 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 or even, 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 even. There's a pattern with how we do mathematics and how we even, as humans, count. We have odd, even, odd, even, odd, even, odd. And it, it goes on forever. We love patterns. We enjoy them. So, going along with that, we tend to get into the daily routine of our lives. We come to get into the mundane aspect of repeating things non-stop. But coming back to the same thing, we cope the same way because we think 
it's what we should do. So you drink alcohol once, you're like, ah, this is going to help me because it's helped me one time. So you then do it constantly, not realizing that you're hurting yourself more in the process. Or taking medication and then believe that you need more medication, you tend to do that more. Sleeping does not help with your problems. You run away from them at that point. And as we know, that constantly running and running and running will never get you nowhere. We have minds for a reason, ladies and gentlemen. And that mindset we have, that brain that we have, depending on who you believe in, to which I will say God in this case, because that's whom I believe in. But we have our own opinions to our own religion, and that's fine. But we'll say in this case that God has bestowed a brain onto us, that we are made in his likeness, we are made in his image, correct? Or in general, thinking of it in a scientific way, we have evolved to have a pr profound mindset to be able to solve complex things that not even a computer itself can do as fast as what a human can. Yes, a computer can run code within a second, but it... A human, a human has to think of how to have that computer run that code. While it takes a computer a second to pull an image up in your screen or on your screen, you can close your eyes and automatically you're either wherever you're at, you're in Hawaii, you're on the moon, you're over in the UK, you're in Germany, you're in Ireland, you're in Britain, you're in America, you're in California, it doesn't matter. You can be where you want to be. You load, in this case, where you want to go. And you can pop off non-stop. And you can bounce back and forth between the world. Because our mind is that profound. It's that amazing. Why is it that we are capable of doing what we are able to do? It's an escape of life. But dealing with those problems head on. A very fine example, ladies and gentlemen, is a girl who has either had their lack of a father figure in her house or in the house growing up or has had a father figure in the house while growing up, but that father figure being very abusive. And this is where we come down to a mental issue that we as humans cope with. Because it can happen to a male with a mother or a father, such as a woman. It can, be ha it can happen to them if they have a bad home life with a mother as well. And I will give you these four examples of what it is. So you have what comes down to be what I call and what most call daddy issues. So a girl growing up at a very young age not having a father or having a very abusive father end up, they tend to look for a man that's dominant, yes, because for one, that's what they know of, and especially with an abusive relationship, but at the same time, they only see a man being abusive. So they tend to go to a man that is more gentle-like, more knightly. So they come to that realization that, that they, as a human Mentally, subconsciously, it's a pattern that they're following, but they want different. So are they running away or are they 
realistically facing that problem head on. They're facing it head on because they go to a man that's yet dominant. They're, they're still yet following into the same routine, which is that of a pattern, but they're doing something completely different. They're finding someone that's gentle, someone that's going to help them, someone that's going to protect them from anyone and anything. With a guy growing up having a lack of a father figure, what ends up happening to them, I am a fine example on this, as which my father hung himself. My brother, a very, very much so fine example of this as well, as which he's already married and has a wife and a child to soon be on the way. How, how are we to be? How are we without a father figure? How did we turn out? It's very simple. We are dominant in some form of way. My brother, Trey, he, what does he realistically do? He has a wife, but she doesn't cook. Why? Because he wants to. He wants to. He tells her no. Why does he tell her no? Not because he thinks and believes that women can't do it. It's because he wants to do it. Because he wants to be there and show that fatherly or that manly, like, you know, trait. That ability to say, hey, I can take care of my family. Because he didn't have a father there to help take care of him and his family when he was a child. Such as I. A woman that I would desire to have would be that kind of said woman that, you know, has the trait of wanting a man like me. Because I want nothing more than to take care of a woman. To take care of a family. I want to be a dad in the best of ways because I never had one. Now, was by that being said, was my father abusive at all? No, he was not. He was very generous, very kindly. Going along with the idea of a mother, a mother, what would end up happening there is if the female growing up, had a good father, but yet a very abusive mother. How would that turn out? Chances being that that woman would turn out to wanting to have nothing more than a family of their own and take care of them. To, in general, cook and clean and to be there as a mother because they never had a mother. Such as with a male who grew up with a very abusive mother. Let's say not an abusive father, but an abusive mother. They tend to grow up as well, but in this case, they look for what they didn't have. They look for what they lost out on, which was a mother. So, what do they do? The very most simplistical thing. They follow in a pattern. They follow in a footstep. They look for what they had not gained. They look for what was lost. Which intentionally makes that man go after a, ver a woman that would be more mature, much older, so that they can have that motherly love from that woman. We cope with things differently. And on from that, that view, and on from there, it's how we cope, ladies and gentlemen. Talking to oneself does not mean that you're crazy. It does not. Talking to yourself in public can be looked at as crazy because it is a tendency to freak people out. Ask the person if they need help. Do not 
look and walk away. Talk to them, discuss things with them, because they're looking for someone to talk to in general. Because they're talking to themselves. If you were the last human being on Earth, you're not going crazy because you're talking to yourself. And no, that's not because, well, there's no one to tell you you're crazy. So, yeah, of course you're not. No, ladies and gentlemen, that does not mean that in that aspect. It means that we could all be on the same planet, which we are, but be put underground with one person on top of the world while we're underground. And that one person is talking to themselves constantly. Why? Because it is a form of coping. Making different voices may be looked at as schizophrenia, but it's all in how the mind is and all in what the traits to being crazy is. I myself talk to myself. Every time I go to talk to one of my family members, I'm in the wrong, and it ends up into an argument. That or I'm being hateful, or I'm being that of an asshole. I cannot speak with them. I'm not able to. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's a 50-50. It's building me up as a human being so that I know when someone wants to come and talk, to let them talk. Let them spill out their feelings. Just because someone's talking to you and they get a great voice, you know, and they're, they, they're just, you know, crying about something. That does not mean that what you've done is upsetting to them. You've not made them mad, so you don't have to get onto the defensive side. Yet, that's what we do. They're upset. They're not getting angry at you. They're angry at what has ever made them angry and an ad popped up on my phone. That is not right. They're getting angry over what had made them angry. They're just spilling out their feelings, their emotions. They're cutting out their heart and handing it to you. These voices, yes, are studies of mine, which is different ways of vocal ranges for characters, for shows, but the original ideology that I had behind it was a form of coping. Going to school, I realistically had no one I could talk to. I had friends, yes, but we all led different lives. We all completely led different lives. Some of us had brothers and sisters that annoyed us. Some of us didn't have none. Some of us had father figures and mother figures. Some of us had only a mother and not a father. Some of us, vice versa, had a father but no mother. We all had different things. And being naive as children at such a young age, we knew not how to comp have compassion for that other person or compare ourselves, to which we couldn't. We had no way or reason to. We were kids. We wanted to go to school, talk to our friends, have fun, go home, sleep, eat, and play games. Or play outside. That's what we've done. Because, like I said before, not being able to go to your friend's house. Because society is at a crumbling fall, but it's always been like that for years. It just so happens to be that it's worse than before. But history tends to repeat itself. We'll have a 
time a peace and tranquility along with a peace of chaotic war. But then another peace of tranquility. Because we humans love, we humans adore patterns. Talking to yourself does not mean you're crazed in any way. Coming up with a voice doesn't mean it's bad. I congratulate you. You are coping with a problem. You're spilling it out to an infigment being that's not there, dare I say, but you're spilling your feelings out to you, yourself, and to your mind. So what ends up happening is that you use an innate instinct, which is your subconscious feeling. Having that is a good thing. Subconsciously, you're thinking to yourself, well, did I do something actually bad? Subconsciously, you're telling yourself, well, there's things that I shouldn't have done. And then also learning and knowing compassion and empathy and feeling sympathy for other people as well. You come to be yourself. Because there's no one better that knows you than you yourself. Having compassion, empathy, and sympathy for one's feelings or how they act. Thinking to yourself, well, you know, the person that was, you know, that said this rude thing to me in the store today, you know, and they pushed right through. I don't know why they done it. You know, that upset me. And it's happened five times this week. In the same week, my mother's on her deathbed. Or so I believe. Or that's what the doctor tells us. But realistically... I wonder, empathy comes into play, sympathy and compassion, love, sharing that emotion comes into play. I don't know if their mother could be on their deathbed as well. Hell, their mother and father could be on their deathbed. Or they could be trying to rush home with their groceries to a sick child. And then that comes into play. Then... Then, you have those said feelings, those said emotions that tie into it. And then you have that feeling of relief. That understanding. Using that compassion, that prideful joy, but not getting it all the way. But the best way. Lovingly, understandingly, that they themselves are humans, such as you. We all think and feel differently, as I have mentioned and said. They have a way of dealing with their problems head on, such as you. Not saying that them running in front of you is right. Not saying that at all. It is wrong. But not everyone thinks the same way. Not everyone feels the same way because they've either not been taught, they've either not been told, or they're working mindlessly and not opening themselves up. They're not showing themselves to themselves. The next thing that would come into play would be your subconscious feeling. So you're thinking to yourself subconsciously, well, what is, why, why would they do such a thing though? I can think of reasons why, but it's not really, really right. Maybe, maybe they were never taught to think in such a way. Maybe, maybe they're they're just not knowing of these things. Maybe they're just ignorant and they're not. They're they're not 
but subconsciously you're telling yourself, you're telling yourself, it's okay. It's fine. You're telling yourself, not knowing that you are, but knowing. In the back of your head, knowing that you are, but not knowing, that, not being aware that you're that knowing of it. You're telling yourself that it's okay, that you'll get through it. You're coping with it in a way that not many people cope with their problems because they do not realistically talk to themselves. Talking to yourself in your head is fine if you're in public. That is amazing. That, that's great. But there's also other things that come and play in with it. Talking to yourself out loud in a first and third person perspective with I am, you, he, she, me, and then wanting someone to be there to understand you completely, you give another voice. And then you're talking to yourself and you're like, I wonder what it is that would, you know, cause someone to do that, but I guess it's, it's life. And then you have many other things that come into play. Your boss trying to lay you off for no complete reason because someone new, someone young that just got out of college can supposedly do the job better than you, even though you've worked the job for many decades, even though you've worked it for many years, yet the new employee knows more somehow. They're taking knowledge rather than experience, rather than looking at the person that knows that they can think. They're looking at the person that thinks they know. Ladies and gentlemen, we are humans. We come to this where we'll either look at ourselves in the mirror and just stare, or we will be alone by ourselves, but not so much alone. Talking to oneself is fine. Looking at yourself in the mirror, looking over at the wall, not really looking at the wall because the imagination is so greatly immense that we can put a imaginary figure that only we can see, like a child with an imaginary friend. Who knows what you're playing with? Does that make the child crazy or insane? No, they're playing with an imaginary friend. Losing your imagination is a thing. Not losing it is a thing as well, which is amazing. You are doing nothing more than keeping an instinct, which is that imagination. That being, that feeling, that ability to think. You're forming something with you, inside of you. Looking at yourself and talking to yourself. Looking at the wall, knowing that there's a figure that you've made up. And you look at it and you're like... I just, I just don't understand it. It's just, you know, it's all, it's all so mundane. Pe you know, people, people in school, they just, they constantly argue about the same shit. You know, they're like, oh, well, my dress looks better than yours, or oh, I could run faster than you, or well, let me tell you what, I'm gonna go suck dicks tonight because I can. Like, what, what the fuck? And then talking to a lady, they want a guy that's constantly that, that, that full of himself. They don't want to talk to a nice guy, so what's the problem? Well, man, to be honest, I, I don't... 
look at it this way. They're all naive. Some, not realistically all, as I did say all, but there's just some. Yeah, but like, just, I don't know, maybe they are, but finding someone that could understand would be pretty amazing. There are. There are. You just haven't actually been able to talk to them yet because you are the person that sits there that abides by the rules. You study and you do as you please. You do what's right, though. You follow those rules. So you are looked at as a goody two-shoes. Yeah, but... You know what? That makes that actually makes a lot of sense. I don't, I don't like the idea of you calling me a goody two-shoes, but... You're right. You're honestly right. So at that point, ladies and gentlemen, in that segment, in that segue, not really segue, but that skit though, what is it that the person is doing when talking to themselves? They're discussing a problem, they're having understanding and compassion in some form of way, but they're also taking the mundane things in daily life of what people say to them, oh, you're nothing but a goody two-shoes, but he's telling himself that subconsciously, knowingly though, he's having that different, quote-unquote, invisible imaginary person tell him that he is a goody two-shoes, that's why no one realistically talks to him that much, because he, and he always listens. So he's telling himself that's a reason why. It's a thing that I can fix, but it's a thing that if I don't fix, it's not like it's going to kill me, because listening is also good. He's telling himself that he knows what he's done. He's telling himself what's wrong. He's fixing the problem. He's fixing the solution. He's coming up with those ideologies to better himself. It goes along with jokes. Jokes are funny. Even twisted, dark, sickening ones can be funny. Why do we make jokes about dark things? It's another form of coping. Looking at a sinister death and laughing at it. Thinking to yourself that all monkeys hang from trees. Well, that's kind of racist. Yeah, but my dad was a tree trimmer, too. He cut trees all the time. He loved fruits. Look at it now. The joke's not so racist. The joke's more dark and sinister because their father hung himself. Which is a true thing. My father did hang himself. It used to be something that I would get very irate about. I'd get very antsy. I'd be like, that's not funny. My father hung himself. But not everyone knew that. I showed compassion and understanding at that point that they didn't know that. I looked at that and I said, well, it's okay. Now they know though, but I should tell them calmly. And then to those of whom that keep and kept on making those jokes, it was annoying. So then I tried something different. I would make a joke about something that I knew would upset them. It would upset some. But when asking to stop, I would say, fine, that's understandable. But to those of whom that made sick, dark, twisting, uh, s sinister jokes to me, 
and then I make would make one back about their problems of their life, and they, like I said, would make one about my problems in my life. We wouldn't be so mad, because there were some people that were like that. And, honestly, more so than some. And why is that? Why can we make a Dark King Sinister joke? And have two people laugh, because they're laughing about their own problems. You cannot laugh at anything in general. You cannot laugh at nobody unless you can look at yourself and laugh at yourself. Unless you understand your flaws of your life. You cannot look at someone and judge them for their flaws and their life. And it's not just flaws. It's, like I said, life in general. Things that happen to them. Being able to deal with things is a great innate Ability that we as humans have. Feeling love and compassion. There's a point that goes off the tipping end though. Of being hypocritical. Which says you can do this. Matter of factly you can't do this. But I can. I can have feelings. And I can cry. And I can make dark and sinister jokes. About your life. But you can't do it about mine. And you can't cry. And you can't have feelings. And have anyone to talk to because I say that's being very much so hypocritical being understanding though knowing knowing you think and not thinking you know knowing that you think understanding love understanding compassion empathy and sympathy for someone else knowing that you have a subconscious feeling is great. It's amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a mind and a human body. Are we a body with a mind or a mind with a body? Are we a soul with a mind and a soul? Doesn't matter. There's no wrong answer. It's a trick, very trickery question. Some will tell you, oh, you're a body with a mind. Or, you are a mind with the soul. It doesn't matter. Do you want to know the real answer? You're a mind, a body, and a soul. You control you. That soul you have helps you. That mind you have helps you. That body you have helps you. And you are the best thing that you can be. A great man once told me, who was which was my neighbor, he said, trying is all you can do. I came home, at, you know, after school, I got off the bus, and he said, hey, buddy, well, how are you? And I said, I'm doing great. His name was Jackson. I, he, he looked at me, he said, buddy, how, you know, how was school today? I said, Jackson, it, it was good. It, it, it was okay. It could have been better, though. He's like, are you studying? He's like, yes, sir. He's like, are you making good grades? He's like, sir, I'm trying. I, I, I'm honestly trying. He looked at me, he said, hey, slow down, buddy, slow down. And I said, sir, let me see your report card. So I showed it to him. He looked at it. He smiled. He handed it back. He said, are you studying? Yes, sir. What are you doing in school? You turning your work? Yes, sir, I am. Do you turn it in all the time? No, sir. How many times do you turn it in a day? More so than often. He 
broke another smile. He shook his head and he chuckled. He said, boy, let me tell you something. Trying, it's all you can do. And he's right. Trying is all we can do. It's life. Telling yourself you can't or letting someone put you down is not the best source of action. Letting something get to you and eat at you is not the best thing. The best source of action is to think, to feel, and to try. Take your problems, run into them head on. It's not in a way that's saying, oh, well, I'm you know, just going to fix the problem right now, and then you run in. No, think. You have a mind. Use it, ladies and gentlemen. Use it to your fullest and greatest ability. Don't let no one run you down. Don't let no one say you're not capable of. To those of whom that are just as American as I am, that has that American blood running and coursing through your veins. We left the king. We left parliament. We took off from them. And we broke away. We renounced our nationhood from them. And we formed our own nationhood. We fought treacherously, vigorously. And we built a new, ladies and gentlemen, a new form of government that is one that's similar to Rome's but dare I say more advanced one that a government that I dare say is yes corrupt very much so nowadays but it's still a government that we have that's unique that others have now we're not in a monarchy or an anarchy we're not in that of an area where everything has to be equal. We're not in a communistic estate. We are not in an aristocracy where the military tells us what to do. We are in a governed society, ladies and gentlemen. Because we think upon what we do. We know that we think rather than thinking that we know. Because we broke off. We didn't let no one hold us down, ladies and gentlemen. Racism, yes, is very much so a thing, and I do not know how to fix that. That's just something that happens. It's not a big problem like people think it is, just as such as sex, being sexist. It's not that big of a thing like people think it is. It's how our media decides to use it against us for their political stunts. They're like politicians or like children inside of a bathtub that moves front to back, that moves back and forth constantly each time until they get into their head. The water's moving forward when I move backwards. The water moves backwards when I move forward. So if I push forward and it moves backwards and I shoot back real fast and I move forward, when the water moves forward, I can control that water and I can slush out the tub. That's how our politicians do to us. You do have racist folks out there, ladies and gentlemen. You have sexist folks out there. But do not let them get to you. Natural selection is a thing. 
to those of whom that believe in God, the theory of evolution can still be played out. Because God made the world in what we are told in seven days, a week, and then he rested upon that of the Sabbath, that day of which we look at as Sunday. That could be more, ladies and gentlemen, more than enough time to evolve in some form or fashion. We didn't directly have to be human beings when God put us here, but rather than civil creatures that could think, that could love, that could feel. And going along with that, ladies and gentlemen, we did, we very much so evolved, and we still yet do, we progress in our daily lives, and with each generation, they begin to be more smart. Stupid. The idiotic selection is a thing. We will always progress. There is such thing as progressing and then digressing. There is so much to digress to progress. You can take two steps backwards and digress, ladies and gentlemen, but that does not mean that you are digressing. You are looking at that of the bigger picture. So at that point, then you cannot just take, instead of taking one step forward, or two steps forward and one step back, ladies and gentlemen. You took two steps back. You're looking at the bigger picture. You're knowing what's going on. So now you can take one, two, three, four steps forward. You are much further than what you were before. You can progress and you can digress. But you can also digress to progress. Because of that, ladies and gentlemen, you are constantly in that of a loop. Natural selection, very much so, is a thing. So, to those of whom that are racist or sexist, that's not a big problem for us right now. It's not. It's helping one another, rather than arguing constantly. Yet, that's what we do, because it's an innate trait, it's a pattern. Because now that we are understanding that we will always fight, we will always argue, and that there's always people that will be kind with love and compassion, there will sadly always be people that will be hungry for power, that think that their race is better than one other, that will think that their sexuality is more dominant than the other. Ladies and gentlemen, we could progress, and with history repeating itself in a way that it does, we could end up being in a future where white people are a minority, or where Mexicans are a minority, or the French are a minority, and I'm not just trying to name off countries in this case, but different races and ethnics. We could get to a point where the men are not dominant, but the female population is. Because we repeat things because we love patterns, because we always fight. But for whatever reasons, as humans, we will always want and desire to help each other. Because natural selection is a thing. So we will always go to a form of person that understands us, that has those same feelings that we do. And we can also talk to ourselves about these problems that we have. 
we're who we are. Ladies and gentlemen, we are not different things that one might look at. We are ourselves. Like I said and mentioned, we broke off from the king. We broke off from parliament. We came here. We left that and we formed a new. Slaves that were slaves. They broke. They were now and what they are. Which is no more. Because what slaves are we talking about? No slaves. That's right. Because we're in a society now where there's no such thing anymore. There's no slaves to be discussed of. Because we're all free. Sadly, not all of us are equal. But no one's equal in any way. Which comes to my next thing as well. Doesn't matter what color of skin or what ethnic you are. Someone will look at you for your looks and your ways of life. Because of who and how you are. Just you in general. You as a human being. Not you as a different ethnic or you as a different color. You as a human being. Just you in general is what it will be. We have raised our children into doing this said thing. Where a woman in Walmart or in any form of store that wants to talk to a manager doesn't matter if they're talking to the to the store clerk and just wanting to return an item. They're automatically a Karen because that's what Karens do. People that drink energy drinks are, you know, I'm mixing mix them with Mountain Dews that constantly play video games but are really ripped, they're Kyles. Guys that show a general love and general affection that would that would most willingly cut off their hand, that would most willingly die for a woman that they love, they're simps. And that's not in a good way. That word is used to describe them in a degrading way. I do believe that there are things that we should and should not do. Such as a male or female should not just hand over their cash to the other sex or to somebody that they love because they love them that much. They should try to also care about themselves. But some have what is called emotional intensity. And it's having more feelings than what the other person does. You have more feelings for that other person than they actually have for you. Then there's nothing wrong with that. You just show more love and more compassion than what the other person does for you. We have raised and we have taught our society and our children that it's okay to divide people. It's not okay. We are humans. We think. We walk. We talk. We feel. We hear differently, ladies and gentlemen. With that being said, we're getting into this 60 minute mark that I did not know was even a thing. We will carry on with this discussion in that of the next episode. Ladies and gentlemen, I do want you all to know that you can 
do whatever you want to. You are the best thing that you can be. Don't let others put you down. Cope however you want to. Don't let no one tell you you can't. Don't ever feel as if you can't. Ladies and gentlemen, within the end of the next episode of Tea Time with You Know, we will be discussing the country itself, the country of America, and its politics, and its beliefs. With that being said, I bid you guys and gals all farewell, and if you did enjoy this podcast, please then tune in next time, where we, like I said, will be discussing the country you know, that of America and its politics and its beliefs in general. Without any further ado, I bid you all farewell. Peace out and cheerio.